Are we on? We're on. In a world of Facebook Live, the Vox Podcast is now here. Facebooker, stop what you're doing and tune in. Andy's here with his man bun and tank top. So <laughs> that just tells you it's summer in the Vox World headquarters. So hello, Facebook. Uh, this is a Thursday afternoon tradition. Um, and uh, we take a little bit of time to um, go over some questions that we get from uh, from the good folks who are bored enough or have nothing better to do with their lives uh, than to listen to us. So we're, we're grateful for that. Uh, but we've got some questions today, Andy. We do. We got you a ready? few. We All just right. finished a podcast of answering questions. Oh and now goodness. we're doing more questions. Yep. We love questions. And uh, you guys seem to love questions too. Yep. <laughs> In a world full of questions, there's one place you can go for answers. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> All right, number one. Uh, th- uh, thank you so much. I think it's what it's supposed to say. You're welcome. Thank you so much for recording this. You're welcome. I am understanding the importance of reading scripture in context as a, at a deeper level with lessons of blinders from my church experience. For example, this morning I read Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 15 through 17, and realized we cannot take this as a step-by-step process for how to deal with sin in the church slash excommunicating someone, uh, parentheses, as the church often does in my experience, uh, without understanding the social context in which the passage was written. For example, what were the standards for church issues at the time, and how did Jesus' instructions differ? My point in saying all this is, what do I listen to slash read along with my Bible to get that kind of crucial info? Ooh, crucial info. Okay, a couple of thoughts. Critical info this summer. (laughs) In a world in need of critical info, we have the Vox Podcast. One man. One man stands alone. <laughs> All right, just a couple of thoughts. So obnoxious. Can, I know. All right, can you see this right here? Can they see this? Uh, I can't tell. Okay. We're delayed on this side. I, oh, okay. I think they can. So it's called Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes, Removing Cultural Blinders to Better Understand the Bible. E. Randolph Richards and Brandon J. O'Brien. So you could check that book out. Uh, there is a, a book here. Uh, on my bookshelf that is called the NIV Cultural Background Study Bible. Uh, that is that is interesting. But I actually have a book list. If you're interested, um, email us at hello, what? At, the, at voxpodcast.com. Hello at voxpodcast.com. And say, hey, I'd love the book list, and I can send you a list of books. But those would be two I'd start with, Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes and this uh, NIV Cultural Background Study Bible. Uh, in terms of what to listen to, um, in a world of many opinions, only one is right. Francis Chan. <laughs> so there you go. That's uh, that's what I'd say about that. But I love I love that you're beginning to wake up to all the cultural stuff behind the text. Uh, there's also I, I just thought of there's also uh, something called the NIV uh, background Bible background commentary. Hold on. Fill in some time, Andy. <laughs> ah. In a world ah. of many, many, many books. <laughs> so There is one book. So this is called the IVP Bible Background Commentary. And it usually will have 
uh, good background. So if you go to like Matthew 18, which is where you were, uh, and I'm going, I'm in Mark. Let's go to Matthew 18. What's it say about that text? Matthew 18. Oh my, it's got a whole page on that stuff. So we will not read it. But here's another book for you. Um, this is the kind of stuff you get from the World Vox headquarters. <laughs> Question number two. Recently, I saw a video clip of a well-known pastor talk about the two lies that scare him the most. Okay. He says the first lie is that, quote, you are a good person, quote. He references Romans 3, 9 through 12, which I believe, <laughs> which I believe comes from Psalm 14, 3, yeah. as well as Romans 3, 23. Essentially, he points out that the Bible teaches that no human is good. Our hearts are evil. He even goes as far to say that when we speak of someone as, quote, good at a funeral, we're lying because the Bible teaches that no one is good. He also used the flood as an example of God's wrath towards his creation uh, that had turned evil. Most of my life, my life, even after becoming a Christian, I have struggled with depression and guilt. I guess my question is, even after Jesus, I am still, am I still a bad person? Didn't God call his creation good? <laughs> While these verses uh, that this pastor pointed out are clearly in the Bible, what about other verses that speak of God's great love for us? Is it a matter of seeing God's love for us deep despite our sin? Do we have an old sin nature that stays with us even after giving our lives to Jesus? I'm finding it burdensome to give myself over to Jesus and still be considered, quote, bad, or even that when I sin. I am constantly disappointing him. Maybe No, I, <laughs> no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Maybe I watch the video with too much of my own insecurities in mind. Anyway, I hope this makes sense. Thanks for reading. Okay. First of all, stop watching the video from that person. Um, okay. There's so many issues. Number one, um, for those in Christ, the Bible never talks about you as a sinner, ever, even though you still sin. And that's assumed. Um, but you are 165 times, I think it is, Paul designates you as in Christ. He will, he will you know, open his letters to the saints or the holy ones at uh, a specific church. I mean, it, uh, you know, it's like to the holy ones in Philippi, to the holy ones in Corinth. And then you realize the holy ones in Corinth were getting drunk at communion. So, so I mean, <laughs> no. That, okay, so those verses, yes, teach that there is a brokenness and a need for saving that cannot come from human beings ourselves. Uh, no education system, uh, no moral value system, no amount of human progress and technology is ever going to deal with the core of our issue. We cannot rescue ourselves. That does not mean, nor does the text say, that we could be as bad as we could be. Non-Christians are capable of much, much good, and Christians are capable of much, much bad. Now, only that, but the, this idea of total depravity, which it sounds like this person is reformed, uh, total depravity doesn't mean that we're as bad as we could be. Total depravity means that every single aspect of human life, the totality of human life, is touched by this darkness. So are there things that are good in the world that are happening? Yes. Does God use uh, people who are not, quote, his uh, in terms of their faith in Jesus to do good in the world? Absolutely. Um, so to say that someone is all bad is just as false as somebody to say that somebody's all good. So I just think that's a very, very unbalanced view of, of sin and human nature. And uh, now if somebody says, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine and I'm in no need of rescue, I think that's what the pastor may be getting at is that no, no one, no one can stand before God on their own merit. No one's going to be religious enough or good enough to stand before God and say, hey, man, 
you and I, we're the same, we're the same kind of person. We're both holy. It's awesome. Uh, if that's what the person's saying, great. But um, the way you're, the way you heard it, and the way you're, you know, kind of letting us hear it, sounds something far more damaging, and something far more angry, and something that's really incongruent with what we see with Jesus. So, mm. I would be very discerning in that circumstance. Yeah. Okay. Number three, my background as a believer. Well, from- hello. <laughs> As a believer for most of my life, I have grown up in churches, Hume Lake, Biola, and other great spots where the traditional role of women is to submit, not be pastors or teachers, except to children, and not be on elder boards. I've been relatively okay with this, um, its tradition, but have really had my eyes open with your teachings. The biggest issue I now see is that the gospel is becoming ugly to those on the, quote, outside of church. That's right. And I know of friends who would never darken the door of my church simply darken. Yeah. Walk in. Oh, okay. Dark. Darken the door. Okay. That's an express, expression. Oh, I've never heard that expression. Among the Caucasians. Uh, <laughs> uh, darken the door the of my church simply because of how women are viewed. Yep. Um, it now only seemed to be uh, seemed to me be discrimination. I can see that Jesus took a very different role with women, yep. one for which made me feel loved and respected, and I am so thankful. My question, what do I do in my current church to encourage any kind of light to be shed on this topic in a respectful way? In essence, I'm not even sure my concerns and perspective will be valid simply because I'm a woman. Right. Any advice? I want to lovingly share my concerns, but honestly, my foot is out of the door of this church uh, for many reasons, women in leadership being one of them. Um, if, you, if you're already on the way out, then taking a, trying to lovingly share your concerns will not be helpful even remotely. Um, if you're committed to staying there, lovingly sharing your concerns could be helpful um, if you share them with the right kinds of people. Um, there's so many books out there that just are very gracious in the way that they talk about how people have changed their mind on this issue. And uh, there's so many good texts, textual books that, that deal with, um, you know, 1 Timothy or uh, 1 Corinthians 11 and 14, uh, where some of the traditional view comes from. So um, if, if, you're, if you have a relationship with somebody and they're a big reader, I'd say, hey, I'd love your thought on this. Where does this book fall short? in your mind, in terms of it's advocating for uh, women to be fully empowered in uh, a church context. And uh, don't put it in terms of, hey, read this, agree with me or else, but say, where do you see this falling short? Where, where does this argument not work for you? Um, so that could open up some sort of dialogue. Um, it, depending on if, if there are other issues that are part of this, then yeah, I mean, at some point, you allow that church to be that church and to minister as God would have the minister and, uh, and find an, another church home for you. But um, loving, lovingly sharing concerns has to be done usually within the context of uh, something where a, a committed sort of relationship. And if you're already out the door, I'd say just go out the door and, and, uh, and let them be the church that, that they think God has called them to be. And don't, don't worry about it. I think there's enough stuff out there these days that uh, people like yourself, people like myself, who are advocating for the issue, we just have tons of resources to point people to. So if you're able to do that, great. If not, then I would just uh, I would move on. Okay. Was that, was that it? Speaking of moving on. No. Oh. Number, so number four, last okay. question. Here we go. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank Wondering you. Wondering if you have ever responded to the argument that goes, quote, since the Bible reads like an epic story, then yep. that's all it is. An epic fictional story, quote. The example I've heard 
uh, given to explain this is, why would Emperor Augustus call for a census, especially one where you had to go back to your ancestral home? It only makes sense because all like all good fiction, it makes Jesus' birth more dramatic. Quote, this feels like Jesus' seminary. Uh, seminar. Se- yeah, this feels like very Jesus' seminar-ish to me, yeah. but it also works to turn the normal genre-based understanding of the books of the Bible against us. Thoughts on this? Yes. What the <laughs> is going on? Sorry, I got new apps. <laughs> I got new apps last night for my 14-year-old boy. What in the... <laughs> come on, now. Um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, a couple of thoughts. Number one, I am very familiar with this argument. I've heard this a lot. And, and you hear this like uh, Jesus' resurrection, uh, parodies, the resurrection stories from other ancient cultures, uh, even baptism. Uh, there were other baptism stories. I mean, virgin birth stories. So, yes, this is a very common sort of thing. How I would respond to your specific articulation of this issue is first, we have, we have examples of other censuses where you actually had to go register at your ancestral home. Um, and that's relatively new within maybe 30 years that we have examples of other censuses that required this. And, um, and so, so I'm like, ah, I don't think that's a good, you know, a good issue to point to. But the bigger issue for me, and, and, and we could spend a lot of time on this, is if this stuff were just made up to make Jesus look good, then they did such a crappy job of it. Because you've got, I mean, think about this. You've got the virgin birth, which, you know, w- was cause for scandal um, for Jesus's ministry. The, they called him illegitimate several times throughout Jesus's ministry. Um, um, even Mary was accused and defamed, you know, a couple centuries later about having an affair with a Roman soldier and that Jesus was the product of that. You've got the women at the resurrection who were the first people to see the risen Jesus. You've got his disciples who all abandon him, his disciples who don't believe in him, his disciples who argue with each other. Um, you've, you've got Jesus not able to do miracles in his hometown because of a lack of faith. I mean, you've got a Jesus and a story about Jesus that raises more questions than it answers. And it seems like rather than like, like taking the edges off and the embarrassing parts off of a story where you very easily could have had you been making it up, what you've, you've got instead is because of the presence of eyewitnesses, both hostile and friendly, you had to tell the story as it was and that nobody was interested in polishing up and, and maybe they they did in small ways, but certainly not in larger story affecting ways uh, and polishing up the fact that these were very human people following a Jesus who was very enigmatic for most of his ministry. And so for me, yes, it could read like an epic. The problem is you, you, you have just embarrassing stuff. Now, now you'll include embarrassing stuff in other epics and Homer's Odyssey or whatever, but those never have to do with the authors of the text. When you have the authors of the, the text embarrassing, allowing themselves to be embarrassed in the text they're authoring, then that takes it to a whole new level. So, so for me, and then you've got, and then you've got the fact that this Jesus was died, crucified, um, and and his resurrection was was promoted and preached in the very city he was killed. And even hostile Jewish um, uh, authors would uh, grant that that there was at least an empty tomb. So I just don't see the same parallels in the epics that were told in the you know the the early Greek period and the later Roman period and the gospels as they're handed down to us with all this weird kind of conflicting tension filled embarrassing stuff in them mm-hmm. so that would be my first answer I think there are other, lots of other ways to answer the Jesus seminary stuff but uh, those are a couple of thoughts off the top of my head that's it that's it 
That's it. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Facebook. In a world with lots of <laughs> thoughts, you now have some thoughts from the tops of our heads. <laughs> the top of Andy's head is in a man bun. <laughs> His thoughts should therefore be disregarded. <laughs> All right, my brothers and sisters, as always, we love being a part of uh, whatever life you live. Uh, please don't be on Facebook for long today. It's a beautiful day outside. Uh, won't you be my neighbor? And uh, take off take off a shirt, put on a sweater. What did Mr. Rogers do? He took off, he took off shoes, put on slippers. Like, you guys need to do that today. Get outside. Go Get Mr. Out- Rogers your day. Yes. Have a great day, guys. See you.